This is a Media 8 production. The first beer goes down easy. It's bubbly, it's sweet, tickles the back of your throat. The second beer, you're starting to enjoy it. You kick back, get a bit more relaxed. But it's the third beer, Brent. It is. It's the third beer there where you hit that vibe, a certain mellowness comes over. It's a golden light nectar, I would describe. The pub turns into a very happy place and you've hit that spot that's just right. And our third beer is a special guest each week that we get to interview and have a chat to not only about the beer, but also about life and other stuff that men don't talk about. I'm Brett McCallum. I'm Chris Dixon, and we'd like to talk about the third beer. Use her up. Candidate champ. That's good. The word crisp gets thrown around when it comes to pilsness, but that makes us think of lettuce. This pills is more than crisp, it's straight up satisfying. The balanced malt base pulls you in for a hug before the hops get frisky with floral aromas and a refreshingly bitter finish. Perfect for those who like a beer beer. Best enjoyed straight from the esky with the barbecue blazing. Thank to you. Oh, thank us to you for your enjoyment. No, from us to you with enjoyment. Pilsner by Bolter. Pilsner by Bolter. G'day, buddy. How are you? Very good. How are you doing? Mate, what do you reckon? Hang on. I've got to have a taste. I like it. I'm a big fan of the Bolter, as you know. <sighs> oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's crisp. Mm. Yeah. So who we got today, mate? We have a uh, wonderful friend of mine, uh, Travelling Sadhu, a uh, pilgrimage bike-riding hippie from Blacktown. <laughs> Is that why he looks like Jesus? He looks a little like Jesus. It's funny because I'll be interested to see where the conversation goes today. About but, uh, Jesus? About the whole, you know, the don't talk about that word thing that you go God. on with. Him. Oh, you can't mention God. It'll be interesting to see. But he's a great friend. I've known him since I was, uh, was in uh, fifth grade, and he's a top bloke and all-around good guy. His name's Matthew Collins, but I only refer to him as Cobber. In fact, my mother asked me what Matt, what Cobber's real name was the other day, and she's known him for 20 years, which is hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I just found uh, out the other yesterday at lunch with your, when I was with your daughters and stuff that they were asked, they mentioned something about Matthew, and everyone's, who is Matthew? They had no idea. No idea. No idea. Didn't it's know. a cobber. Cobber. You it's mind if I call you a cobber? No, that, that's a good place to be. Thanks. Sensational. <laughs> so uh, so that's the little intro from me, Matty, cobber. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How would you how would you describe your own bio? We don't do other people's bios anymore. We let people introduce themselves. That's the tough one, isn't it? I don't know. I had actually thought about this this morning, but then I thought I'd go for the winging approach. Always winging. And, always, that's my life. And then um, – but geez, you go on for hours, or we could go on for about three seconds. Um, well, at the moment, as you know, I'm on a bike and I'm traveling, and I've been around for a few years now in search of this thing that we all hear about and talk about. And ex carpenter, ex builder, ex. Jesus was a carpenter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, environmental in- environmental coordinator. Which medical is always science funny. in there. Medical science in there. Medical science degree and was looking at little bugs of microbiology and then. Just came off Kangaroo Island where you did two years as a retreat manager. Yeah, yeah not yeah. quite two years, but yeah, down in a very isolated little section of the world, Tibetan center for meditators to come and themselves into little holes and yeah, and dig deeper into themselves and they get to facilitate that and help these guys. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Five years ago, Matt asked me to teach him how to meditate. And we were out uh, in the hinterland of Gold Coast and we had this little beautiful breeze in trees moment. And uh, now he's meditated in uh, many retreat centers, spent a lot of time on the mat, done his yoga yards. Here he is today. Let's rock and roll, shall we? You got any questions for the big man? Master Brett, anything you want to share? You always know when you've been sitting a while because it's the knees. I thought the footy was bad for the knees, but it's actually the, yeah. It's going to the mind thing really messes the knees up. <laughs> you said you said you look you're trying to find it. Yeah, it's a, it's what is it? It's, oh, this, this is the funniest. The center. This is the funniest part of it. There's a thousand terms for it. There's a thousand different mobs saying it, and who knows? And Dicko punches me every time I say them. 
something. I'm going to get in trouble. Um, yeah, it's the big, it's that, it is, it's that $6 billion question and whatever it is. And, um, you hear the people say there's nothing to search for, so stop. And there's plenty of other people who say you got, it takes effort. You've got to get in there and find where it is. And What is it? I don't know. You don't know? I'll let you know. You, just, you reckon you'll find it? I'm definitely further from the other end of the scale than I'll – I'm better in the place I'm in than where I was, for sure. Does it exist? Define it. That was aimed at you, not yeah, me. No, no, I'm, I'm going to bring it around because uh, I don't know what it is. You call it centre, don't you? I, don't I do know call it centre. Yeah, you I'm, don't call it God. You don't like the word God. No, I'll like be interested to know what Matt, because you know Tibetan Buddhism, uh, uh, Buddhism in general, has a very particular orientation towards the term God. Okay. For me, it's very fluid, as we know. God now, Tao doesn't really matter. It's all the same. But Matt, if we talked about God, well, how would you uh, respond to that? Well, I mean, you know, the Tibetans and the Buddhists, well, there's a God realm out there. Though, and there is gods out there. They're just, a God realm. God realm. They're actually, yeah. they're actually not saying, no, there's a creator God in amongst all that. Mm. No, there just wasn't ever. A, there was, it's beginningless in a sense. But, yeah, just like there's animals and just like there's human realms. There's actually there's God a dude. There's gods out there. Well, that's you what they argue against. For me, God's not a dude. No. God's a timeless Endless, yeah, yeah. Infin- I, infinite. If you're putting space. your if you're putting your finger on something, then you're so far from the the go- the objective of what you're after. As soon as you point towards it, you've lost it. Ooh. You said realm. Yeah. What do you mean by realm? Well, so the humans is considered one of the human realm. Yeah. So there's they they play in a, pretty much in the six realms. One of the six realms. So, and this is quite freaky coming from our church background, Catholicism, and you know, do bad, you're going to hell, sort of stuff. Just, but you can't. Realm. You then just get some bead things and say Hail Mary, and then everyone's happy again. Good old Catholics, got all the cafes. Hey man, we're doing the same thing. Get our little malas so and sure. purify and no we get, fix our karma. It's ex- the same sort of things are going on. Totally. And um, so yeah, there's the hell realms. So actually, the, you go to the bottom and the hell, yeah, 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 you're down there. And then you you have your you know your hungry ghost realm, as they like to say. You know, so people who are so this. You know, within itself, there's this concept. Is this a mental thing that we're talking about or is it actually physically existing realms? Um, what do you think? Do you think it's a physical existing realm? Well, the human realm seems to be quite physical. And Is it? Ah. Hey, I'm talking consciousness, people, and we're talking layers of consciousness. Essentially, yeah. what we are is a, a transfer of energy. And so that would exist on multiple layers at multiple times. So, yeah, I, I dig with realms. You know, the fact that I, I think – I don't st- think any realm is any more real or less real than any other realm. We're talking infinite realms. So what are the six? Take me through the six. Yeah, take me through the six. If you stabbed yourself in the eye, you would sort of pretty much figure pretty quickly that you're existing in some realm. Say, that's for sure. I would say, so, yeah. yeah. Example. Yeah, yeah. Example. This, say, this, ouch, it's true. This <laughs> nihilist, oh, no, there's nothing. <laughs> I, you know, maybe not. Um, yeah, so you got you got you got your hell realms, you got your hungry ghost, um, you got well, your, what's that? What's a hungry ghost? People who, uh, and I've got to be careful here. I don't because there's so many great t- people teaching this and so many great teachers of it. So I don't want to sort you of get caught me. up in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and you and yeah. him, we just so have a chat. You can get misdirected. Um, you have your animal realm. So you know, is the animal realm different to the human realm? But aren't animals and humans the same? No, because we have consciousness. Yeah, no, moral, they're animals. Though, moral choice. There's a whole range that separates. I have consciousness. Layers. Yeah. Um, everything, you know, even the mussels and the oysters, you know, sentience there. Again, I would argue they're um, very closely related. I to tell you <laughs> what, I played golf this morning. There was a kangaroo. He's enormous big kangaroo oh, scratching yeah. his nuts. Yeah. He was he was conscious. He knew exactly what he was, he was doing. Saying, my nuts are bigger than your nuts. <laughs> Whatever. But he was sitting there having a good scratch. He knew exactly what he was doing. So he was conscious. There's a game going on, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. So there, what's the other three? You got yeah. us. You got us humans. So humans. Yep. Yeah. And then you got your demigods who just aren't quite happy because they want to be the gods, and you got your gods. Okay. So what's a demigod? It's sort of you know. An example. What, what's an example of a demigod? No, I haven't. I haven't been yeah, introduced no, okay, no, to no, them. That's I haven't. I haven't come across demigods. I know but a little demigod that uh, owns Bolt Brewery. His name's Mick Fenning. Demigod. Oh, demigod. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Demigod yeah, of yeah, surfing. Yeah, yeah, demigod, for sure. There's certain images you'll see. Where's Kelly Slater's the god. Oh. Hey. Hey, so As we're an Australian show. I'm not I, did sure. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> Idolization. Um, 
Yeah, but the demigods, there are certain images you'll see them shooting arrows up at the gods. So they're obviously not, not so happy. So, yeah, but that's pretty much, yeah, there's these realms of existence that, you know, we talk about, or I don't necessarily talk about, but are taught. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. So uh, you're, you're at the moment a sponge. So you're, you're absorbing all of this information to find it, whatever it is. Been doing it from a ch- since childhood, though. Oh, have you? Yeah, okay. yeah. My mum's been asking me why am I staring at wars my whole life, you know, so. It's not a new. It's not a new thing for sure. But you asked um, Chris to to teach you how to meditate. Yeah, Do you reckon he knew how to meditate before? He just didn't know it was meditation. I always said he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all are. Yeah, I think we are. I mean, I I like to talk about guys or your mates who go fishing. You know, they're not sure of what's going on, but that's what they're doing. You know, they're sitting there relaxing, just being somewhere. They don't, yeah, that's you know. If you didn't have to have the hook and kill the actual fish, it'd be a beautiful non harm meditation going on there. Um, so there is multiple forms of it. You don't need these legs crossed sort of. To me, not catching fish is actually a really good uh, form of meditation. <laughs> Frustration, all the other senses. Oh, man, you're good. Hey? Well, you did your golf meditation this morning, did you? I did. Yeah. I did. On, on about 16 of the 18 holes. <laughs> the reason two. I lost is because of those two, two fucking yeah, holes. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. The practice of patience, golf. So, Matty, you've also had some dark times, mate, on this journey. Yeah, I think that's that's the beauty. See, that's the beauty of this existence is we actually get to experience all that stuff to then make you go and look. And would you like to share any of your your dark spaces? Strange thing for someone to say. I just heard myself say that. I've always been curious to not think that everyone else is in these same places. You know, I've always found it fascinating, especially in teenage years, that I thought everyone else was existing in all this sort of craziness, but then. It seemed like they weren't. So then it it, emphas- it sort of exacerbates your craziness because you think alone. everyone else is normal. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's having a great time. But then yeah, as we all start to discover, not so much. There's a beautiful mask we're all putting on, these beautiful disguises. And this, when Dicko started talking about these, this, it was just, it made so much sense because, yeah, we're all playing this game and we're not allowed to express anything. you say anymore. this, you mean the Third Beer podcast? Us, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sit, guys sitting down, and I've always been a big fan of, you know, what beer can play in yeah. uh, for guys. A lot of people argue and say, you know, it's just, it's this, that. But no, if a guy, we need a couple of beers to get guys down and sitting. Give them a couple of beers. Yes. Give them a couple of beers. That's our philosophy. Have the two. Just the don't, third one's where you start chatting. Just don't end up with a coolie, what is it, the coolie pub? What, coolie <laughs> three hotel. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll That's probably after get, 15 beers. Yeah. We're talking the third beer. Yeah, <laughs> Finding that balance. That's life. Yeah. So, yeah, and this is what this podcast is about. It's bloke, people coming together and, and sharing uh, the, 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 the blokes talk about this stuff. I mean, I, I think we do. I think you and I have always had a yeah, philosophical yeah, yeah, yeah. investigation over a beer, over a fire, yeah. over a surfboard. Yeah. There's always been a space in which we would engage the deeper meaning of things and yeah. we've celebrated that throughout our life. Yeah. And it just saddens us to think that the idea that people aren't doing this more often with their mates. And yeah. that's what I've always thought about yourself. You're a great conduit for that because most of us are going around scratching our heads, just going to the pub and drinking and betting, thinking no one else is thinking this. But and then you, you – And eating a lot, yeah. But you need those guys out there who are the conduits. And, you know, Dick was, you know, for me and for I think for many people, where, yeah, you just need someone to start probing, probing and then you go, wow, it's actually okay to be talking and thinking like this. And then all of a sudden you find yourself on a bike and homeless and travelling the world sort of thing. Are you know? homeless, though? No. Exactly. No way. You know, I just realised, popped into my head, how Australian this podcast is. Very awesome. We've got Dicko, Macca and Cobber. <laughs> <laughs> Good's that? And Cobber has reduced Dicko down to Dick. Exactly. Yeah, 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 so yeah, when yeah, we're getting yeah, shorter, yeah, yeah. by the end it'll be D, M, and C. <laughs> Welcome to our teenage years. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Isn't it? No, I love it, mate. It's really interesting to me when I, I met Chris nearly a year ago now, mm. I'd say. And prior to that, I was exactly what you t- what you just mentioned before there, right? I, I'd go and have some beers with my mates. I'd have a punt. I'd eat lots of food, obviously. I'm eating less now. Oh, actually, you're, you're let's look, go there. Less, Are you ready? Let's do it. Not going to weigh myself for another three weeks to the end of my challenge, but down two shirt sizes. You're looking good, buddy. I gone good. from a triple what? to a single. So what I like to call it is my morbidly obese wardrobe to my obese wardrobe to my 
that's normal wardrobe. I'm getting close. You are on the zone, brother. This, I am, mate. You're I'm adding 10, 15 years to your life right now. Oh, without doubt. Without doubt. And yeah. I've been on this challenge now for, for eight weeks. I've actually been on this challenge for about 12 months now yeah, right. just to sort of get right in the head. And now I'm, I'm, I've turned that. I'm really in a really good space. And so I've done that now with exercise and food. Yeah. Uh, I've introduced intermittent fasting. Yeah. Best thing I ever did in my whole life. It's, yeah. it's just amazing how much that's changed my mental clarity and my mental attitude towards stuff. And the fact is I don't need to eat that much food. And I sat there last night. I took my one of my teams out last night for uh, for drinks and food and stuff. And uh, in the afternoon we had this big afternoon tea and cakes and uh, my, my assistant said to me, you haven't touched any of that stuff. Oh, I don't eat that stuff anymore. And she goes, Really? And I was like, yeah, just that's what happens. I, I want to cry and clap you right oh, now. Oh, mate, me too. I'm just so proud of myself, which is, fuck, how long since I've been able to say that? Congratulations. Like, <laughs> that's even better to me than um, than the whole food thing, actually, to be able to sit here and say how proud I am of myself yeah, yeah. for what I've just achieved and what I'm achieving. Yeah. But to me, it's funny, people go on eight-week challenges or ten-week challenges. I'm on a 45-week challenge from my birthday all the way through to the end of the year. I've worked out it's about 45 weeks. I'm 45 years old and... To me, that's that's my challenge. Get through that, and then I'll be set. Man, I love. I'm looking forward. My image in my head is the moment you get under the hundred kilo. Oh, me too. When you hit ninety nine, I'm going to be looking at a very attractive myth. I am a very attractive oh, well, man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just a little bit rounder than. Oh, can than, I say? Can I say more attractive? Yeah, that's there we go. Mean. That's better. So that's I want to share a little story. Okay, so Matt comes in and out of my family, and as you know, I'm I'm separated, and I've got four kids, and. Matt, we've always welcomed into our home. As, you just started as calling a, me Matt for the first time in my whole have, life. I have. That's strange. I've that? never heard you call me Matt. Wow. Yeah. That's strange. I didn't know who Matt was. I'm sitting there going, the fuck's Matt? <laughs> this is our friend from the other room I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. actually sitting there going, who's Matt? <laughs> hey, yeah. this, this is very interesting. Very interesting. All right. So we he comes to my house and he's going to ride his bike down to Kangaroo Island. He's leaving and we're trying to sort his bike out. Like a pushy. A motorbike. A motorbike. Okay. And we go on back and forth, back and forth, about a half an hour up and down the coast because each day it wasn't right. But, you know, we go there the next day and the bike wasn't right, so I'd have to bring him home again. we go back up and the bike wasn't right. This timing all led up to a point where we watch Matthew drive away on his on his little uh, bike, you know, on his uh, adventure. And Kids all, are out the front. We're all waving. We're on the on the yeah. balcony. Yep. It's actually, a it was classic Zen. Aussie scene. It was Zen that actually kept me there for five days. Because it's his birthday. Yeah. Yeah, it all kind of worked out. Uh, all of a sudden. on the bike. Let's go. Gone. All of a sudden, Matt's on his bike and out of nowhere, he's driving and some car behind him swerves across the road mm-hmm. and uh, wipes out a, a retired couple. And Matt is there at that particular point in time to nurse two people to their death. Wow. Yeah, it was a good way to go on a journey to into retreat sort of thing. It was on the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But everything had to happen. For him to be at that at moment, that time, right oh, the there. delays and delays. all delays. It all wow. it was all very interesting how it played out. And all of a sudden, Matt, on the very beginning of a, a lifelong journey, is confronted with this old lady in his lap, taking a last breath. And, like, the, and the old guy looking through me, finally going, and I'm just like, "Wow, you're gone." He was still there, but he was gone. And then, literally, within a few minutes, he did. Yeah. No, what Beautiful. kind of impact that had on you, brother? It sounded quite morbid, but it was only positive. Mm, no, I know there was people because I was first there, and I know that people turned up shortly after because it's on a freeway, sort of you know, in an area out of t- anyone town anywhere. And um, other people wouldn't come to the scene; like they would get a mobile phone and hand it to me to talk to the ambos on the phone and stuff. But no one else would come to the car. And um, why did you go to the car? It was just oh. were you drawn, or you just said. Shit, I've got to help these well, people. Well, I actually or? rode through all the carnage. Like, so I'd come around a bend on the freeway and, the, you know, basically the hubcaps are still sort of. Oh, so it just spin- happened. Yeah, yeah. They're still sort of spinning on the ground. And one guy's laid out on the road. He was from the other car. And it was just like, no. And I, I yeah, I, it sounds really morbid, but I actually thought it was an amazing experience. <laughs> I understand that, though. Yeah, I, I really think like, I do understand that. Just from, because. All the emotion that must go through your body, yeah, yeah, yeah. and good, bad, ugly, whatever doesn't matter. But like the um, the adrenaline and everything that well, see that wasn't there. No, I didn't have adrenaline. No, no, no. I remember talking on the phone to the ambos and using the big words and cognitive. You know, oh, he's, she's cognitive. He's really just in this really calm. And um, I don't I don't go wrong. I couldn't, you know, ambos and coppers and stuff doing his day in and day out. I could imagine it has its effect, but just for me in this experience, you know, and. Well, I'm interested in the experience. So you're you're holding this uh, elderly lady 
Yeah, I had to keep holding her. Yeah. Your arms. Yeah, she was. You know, she was probably already well gone. Was she scared or? No, no, she was gone. She was. She was gone. Um, her lips had already done the thing, but I was had by this time been told by someone on the phone to at least hold her neck, and um, just in case. Yeah, and I said, oh, I think the other, you know, the father, the driver, probably needs a bit more help here now. He was still talking, no recognition of his of his wife though, and um, and then all the grandkids they'd obviously been or coming or going to see their grandkids because there was all toys in the back, you know, and um, yeah, it was just it was a really it was just a it's it's. People are scared of death and all this stuff. And to me, I don't know, I just think it's it's, a, it's, a, it's an experience. It became a, a beautiful experience. Yeah. You were there to share that with them. You you know fe- are you feeling something right now? Did you look like Jesus then? Like you do now, like with the long hair and the beard. <laughs> now, the reason I asked that is because obviously you said that the bloke was like rambling. Do you reckon he's looked up and gone, holy shit, like – They've come like, and that made their experience better. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense at all. What I mean by like is that you've got this kind-hearted yeah, person, Buddha yeah. whatever you want to call it, yeah. But you've got this dude that has taken everything out from around him, and he's just there to concentrate on us and to actually. Oh, fuck, I did went tingling. I've, to, got those, um, I've got those same. To, you know I've, got, I mean? I've got those same tingles running all through me at the moment. Yeah, like, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. I wonder if, if, and and as I say about the look, like the long hair and the beard and stuff. But like, whether he's going, oh, okay, that's cool. Then I'm, I'm. You could see that moment when he he looked through you, but and this is what so the Tibetan approach. I'm not sure. There's so many. You know, Buddhism has lots of different schools and thinking and stuff like that. But at the time of death, that that ability to create calmness. Even if, you know, if your parents are into Jesus and stuff, make sure that whatever it is, you know, be into be, make sure it's a calm process. And the Ambos eventually turned up. And this really got me thinking so for so long in my journey and into my retreats and stuff is what we do when somebody dies, especially is what do you see? You see everyone over the top smacking away at their chest. Fucking stay with me. Fucking stay with me. And you've actually, we, you know, we're told, you know, as I said, it comes to schools of thought letting that person go in freely and peacefully. And we actually are grabbing them and trying to rip them back into being. You will not leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that torment that would actually, and that's, you know, the Tibetans say it creates so much torment and could really play with where you end up. And, yeah, I think there's, there's so much peace in. The gift in 100% letting go. And this is what the practice is all about. So when we talk about meditation and we talk about spiritual practice and journey, it's the art form of actually letting go and giving up. So in the moment when you take the plane, you actually can just go, okay, it's my time. I'm ready to go. Like Ram, uh, Gandhi, he practiced a mantra called Ram. It was Ram, Ram, Ram for 40, 60 years. And when he got shot in the back, his first word that came out of his mouth was Ram. He's dying. And the only can think, the thing he could think of is God and his practice. I mean, that's, that's beautiful, isn't it? Because that's that calm serenity that you facilitated for somebody else. I just always think that's a beautiful story. And I'm not doing a Tibetan pro, uh, Buddhism uh, plug here or anything, but that these are the stories that come out of the – No ads, no free ads. Other than Bolter. Bolter, what a great beer. Yeah, Mick Benning, you're a great guy. I'd love to interview you sometime. Demigod. Please, Sorry. Please always invite me back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I always love my journeys as a Goldie, actually, because, yeah, it's a fair amount of beers do get consumed in a very, you know, enjoyable way. It just, oh, we've, we've moved on to red wine, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good that's, luck. That's because we that, ran out of the third beer. That's because we ran out of beer and there's nothing else in the fridge. Sorry, sorry, Brett. Yeah. I'm just working on the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the last drop. It's called the Yobbo Guru Last Drop. <laughs> Celebrate a red wine. Uh, yeah, Question so, about what you just said a minute ago. Yeah. You said it has an influence on where you end up. Uh, yeah, I was, right. I was, yeah, sorry. That were yeah. your words a second ago. You said yeah. uh, you haven't, it has an influence on where you end up. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Do you mean in those those realms yeah. we were talking about before? Like yeah. are you are you thinking they go, oh, fuck, come back to me, come back to me, as opposed to like going peacefully, that that person's then potentially going to be come back and be pissed off so they'll end up being nasty, they'll end up down here, or they're like they're in that happy place and end yeah, up over yeah. here. Yeah. It's really bad to do hand gestures in a podcast because <laughs> no one can see them. But I'm doing a, a hand gesture. Well, I was actually really freaked out that I'll be having them on my real quiet days, and I thought that's not really good for radio because sometimes <laughs> sometimes Dick can sit and talk for hours, and I you know, I just look and, you know, and I don't need to say and It's kind of amusing me. I thought, 
Okay. I had a coffee before I came in just to make sure I was really you know, able to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. He does this to me most well, weeks. Well, <laughs> I was actually buzzing because we, going back to that Tibetan part of it where the prisoners, you know, in China, there's a lot of Tibetan monks who have spent years in prison, tortured prison of China. Why did they put him in prison? Just as my interest. Oh, this, Is there a reason? It's you know they're trying to annihilate a, 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 a nation. Yeah, it's general. So, but over the yeah. over the generations, uh, over time now, different long term you know senior monks and all that have come have come out of captivity, and most people always talk about hating and revenge and this and that. And these people ask what what was the worst thing that happened? They're expecting to hear about bad torture techniques and stuff like that, and it's they say. <laughs> I had a bad thought about my torturer, you know, about the Chinese soldiers. That's how, that's where these guys are playing at, you know, and not just Tibetan. There's amazing other contemplatives, but their, their only concern was that they actually created negative thought, negative karma towards their captives. Not. And that's what upset them because of the negative thought. Yeah. Yeah. That, that they actually had negative thoughts towards other beings. Yeah. And this is after they've been stabbed and jabbed and yeah. electrocuted and, I'd just like to remind you of a little Intense. guy called Jesus. Yes. He was getting nailed on a cross yes. by his torturers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had the balls from a Catholic perspective. Yeah, nothing to, but I'm throwing this Jesus. out there. Yeah. Is he a real person or was well, he a I'm real gonna, person? No, no, I want to know. For me, well, I'm not 2,000 years old. <laughs> so, so for me, all right, cool. all, back, back all, right, all right, but I believe that he was and uh, have a whole kind of thing on that. But he was so, so ballsy, such a man, such a bolt of beer kind of guy. He's getting bolted to the cross and he looks him in the eye and he says, forgive, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And it's the same it's the thing. It's the same thing. Well, you through know? history. How do you people. give love in the most unbearable circumstances? How do you learn to practice love when you're fucking in a rage? How do, how do you do that? And I think that's the day-to-day practice, the moment-to-moment recognition that we are that pure love. And when you connect with it, when someone's dying in front of you and you give that, or you're spending time with your kid or you're making love to your wife or you're hanging out and having a beer with mates, that's all beautiful stuff. It's like, you know, when that prick pulls in front of you in, 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 on, on the highway, yeah. you don't go, fuck, fuck, you go, wow, this, you know, there's probably something happened to make him have his little shitty moment. Most people go, switch fuck, it. Fuck, yeah. So switch it and go to him and go, you know, who knows what he's just had a fight with his missus. He's lost his, you know, his kids. In school. So you switch it straight away and you go, who pulls the fuck in front of you then? Ah, oh, so true. It's you know, and at the very least, you save yourself the drama of the anger. So you mightn't change anything oh, else. I like that, but you don't have the anger because that's that's impacting on you. The drama of the anger is so oh, true. Can I just take you back about three sentences? <laughs> Nailed to the cross. Yeah. All I can think of is, "Hey Brian, I can see your house from up here," <laughs> but um, that's just where my head goes. So I apologise. Look on the bright side of life. Anyway. Think that's our first song on the podcast. It's yeah, good. It's yeah, great. Awesome. Anyway, sorry about that. No, that's, <laughs> that's where my that's, head went. Well, that's where we always end up. Well, Brian looking at his house from the cross. So, I like to go to the gutter myself when we end up getting a little bit too carried away. Stuff. I think Monty Python yeah. and, and the beautiful genius that they were, uh, you know, always look on the bright side of life. It's exactly what we're talking about. That's what they're that's doing. Someone catch off. the best song ever written. That's what I want played at my funeral. Always look on the bright side. 100%. Way you're going, that's not going to be for another eighty long years. Time, yeah, brother. Years, buddy. There you go. <laughs> and so, Matt, you've been on this journey. You've had these beautiful experiences. Do we need to talk about all the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful women you've passed along the way? You're a dick. <laughs> he is actually to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is how this. Game, no, I want to go there. This is how this game works. <laughs> yeah. He's begun to become pure. He's had enough of the superficial reality. He doesn't necessarily need to gain in lust with women or food or beer anymore. I'm leaving Brisbane. I'm going to Nepal to find the truth. Sold it all up. Sold everything. Sold his flat, sold his bike, gave away everything. He gave Pink Lady to me, a beautiful surfboard that he took back that I'm still angry about. But nevertheless, he moves, he gets on a plane, he goes to Nepal, he walks up 20,000 feet, he's in a tiny little temple ready for enlightenment, and guess who walks in the door? A beautiful Bulgarian lady by the name of Das. Yeah. Three hours later, the dead. three letters. God, Ram. Oh, Ram Das. Now, Zen, Das, Dow. There you go. Three letters. Wow. There's always something in three. There's a sign. Anyway, continue your story. Uh, she walks in. Of course, you know, three hours later, they're down the village uh, <laughs> doing what they do. Fascinating, though. We, along your path, 
as soon as you reach certain stages, little temptations to getting cut off or a beautiful woman or driving your, steering your car into a packet of chips or having an extra beer, that self-sabotage tendency rises up. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we've got to recognize that that's okay. that self-sabotage? I don't know. You ask the big fella over here. No. <laughs> There's a big smile. That's all I can say. I'm, thinking, I'm having images of much self-sabotage, actually. <laughs> um, no, you know, it's something made me just go completely left field. I thought, I, I, said something, I, thought well, I had my first surf in two years yesterday. Sorry. I was, How was your I, surf? Oh, just got out there first wave, bang, straight up. I haven't done it for a couple of years. And then I paddled back out, went for the next wave, and my shoulders seized up. Yeah, we're getting old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you Sorry, about surfing. Okay, my one of my favourite days in the history of my life, I was at Hathead Point on the mid-north coast. There was these little barrels. It wasn't big. It was just but every wave was a perfect yeah, barrel. Yeah. I was a bodyboard rider at the time. There was me and one of my good mates, and Wog. There you go. Wog. Wog. Yeah, yeah, he's another Aussie. But um, we're out there and we're surfing. We're getting all these great waves. And then all of a sudden we paddled out and then there's the biggest wave of the day was chock-a-block full of stingrays. And we've gone, oh, shit. And we ran him back into shore. Best day surfing, all that sort of stuff. It just gives you that feeling. You know, it's actually, I I think, like meditation. I've learned how to do that in the last year, all this sort of stuff. But that ability to ride that energy it's yeah. not even a wave it's the energy yeah. but then for me to paddle out and then that to be completely fucked up because of all these stingrays that was a sign well how can we take that into be a positive sign oh, yeah, yeah. How do we, it was a beautiful experience we're talking you about just let, get stabbed <laughs> by a ray it's a positive experience you're not the croc hunter it's exactly like indeed oh just from a surfing point of view it's like it's energy it's like all this stuff and i um three five years ago might have been i got Bought a new board, Christmas. Yeah. I bought myself a board, flins, whole bit, all out. was like having a heap of fun. Gone out for a surf at uh, North Burley, around the Goldie. And um, hit a sandbank, thought I broke my neck. Yeah. Dragged myself up the beach. Haven't been back in the water. Surf it. I'm going back. We're, we're going back, buddy. We're going back. We're taking the podcast out to the alley. We're going to get to the now. Nice. Um, nice. Changed, old, changed my life. Been Westies, we're old Westies from Sydney, and moved to Noosa, and it was like, and first time in the water for a higher board, and that was it. It changed my life, brought me out of. It was it was the precursor to this more crazy journey. I I think we worship Mother Ocean like a goddess. I know I do. I make love to Mother Ocean every time I'm in there. She's awesome, amazing thing. She's great. It's interesting. So you've gone to Tibet. You've done that stuff. You've gone on this journey in Nepal. Sorry, you've gone on this journey. Do you feel the same energy or the same space when you're out in the ocean? I haven't been out there for two years. Um, you were yesterday. Well, no, you're still mucking Before it. Before your shoulders seized up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like you, you, you know, sit on your board and you look out and you go, oh, wow, I'm just, just me and my water. And- no, you know, there's beautiful women everywhere these days. And no, I'm still, I'm still <laughs> in all that stuff. I'm watching an amazing, awesome surfer out the back. I'm like, yeah. fuck, could that be me? Could have been Mick Fanning, yeah, owner you know. of Bolter <laughs> Brewery. <laughs> no, no, all those usual things come up, all that stuff, you know. Which could be like him. But you do have that. Oh, shit, you do. You know where you are. You know what's going on. So and did you have to go? And I think that's where I'm trying to go. Did you have to go to... Nepal uh, to get that, or could you have sat my favorite place in the whole world, yeah. Kira Point, the end rock? You sit yeah. on that end rock, is even before I learned how to meditate and stuff. Yeah. And I just used to look at the water and stare at it for ages. Yeah. Well, it's funny because is that I, the same feeling? Before I took off overseas those years ago, Dick was running a little retreat up the somewhere. I don't even know where it was, what you do, but we had a day Coast retreat. Dharma Realm. Yeah. Yep. And we talked. And, Road. and we talked about the whole, you know, VB surfer enlightenment type thing, you know, just being in the ocean and that's going to. We, we, we call it the Yobbo Guru. So it's the pros of the Australian beach. There's not necessarily one bit. thing, but yeah, I think you need to go and there is some amazing stuff and amazing beings out there. Well, we've been having this conversation all week. It's yeah. not we. You needed to follow your journey, which was perfect for you. Does everybody need to go to India or Tibet or Nepal? I don't I think that's where I'm trying to go. I, I don't well, think so. You need to go where you need to go, but some people do get a lot from that. Cobber's had the ocean. He's moved and experienced, now. Matt's experienced gone. other things. Well, yeah, I think that was because that was such a profound experience about the car I think that's why I went to Matt. But I think that 
coming back to the ocean is about you reclaiming, you know, uh, who you were to a certain extent, reclaiming the joy. And if we think about Kangaroo Island yeah, last yeah, year, you've got to go back into the, you've got to go back into the material plane and, and actually celebrate this incarnation for what it is. And there's so much beauty and joy out there that you've got to express it and experience it. I don't know. What do you think? I think we do take it for granted. And that's one of our things with being here. And as far as you don't have to travel, to, if you're trying to find people to hear, you know, I think, you know, you do need to listen to some some people, some amazing beings, and they actually are all in Australia, more sorts of traditions and, you know, all sorts of types of things. But um, we're very collectic and I think we take a broad range of, of people. Brad, I'd like to know about your koan, you know. What? Your koan. We've talked about this one. It's a Zen practice that you practice and every time you get I do practice. Yes. Okay. Okay. So he's driving down the freeway. You've got your koan and you're about to draw drive the car into a service station, turn your turn your steering wheel into a pack of chips. And now you say to yourself, your koan, which is, can a knife cut itself? That's the practice. Okay. And that's a practice, a beautiful idea of recognising ask you when you ask that question what happens oh you just change your, your your complete mindset it's like it's interesting um when chris and i first sort of sat down together and um realized how fucked up i was um was the, the one of the first things he said to me he's, he doesn't he's, he's a real pain in the ass because he doesn't actually give you the answer he just keeps asking you more questions and more questions and then you start to answer them yourself you find the answers in yourself yeah, don't you? and, that's, and that's, that's what it's all about obviously yeah. i know that now but yeah, at yeah. the time when you're you're in a in the headspace where you don't yeah. really want to be and someone keeps asking these questions. And what the question he asked me was, can a knife cut itself? Yeah. And that's just stuck with me this whole time. It's like, wow, how, how does that work? And then you go into your head and go, actually, if I took a bit of the knife and I took that bit off and actually bit I can't. And it's just really, really interesting. And it changed that sort of whole way that I look at stuff. So that's called a koan. Koan. With a K? A-O-A-N, A with a little dash across the top, koan. There you go. And that's a Zen practice, Zen, which yeah. is a kind of my Buddhist school would be Zen. Cobber uh, has a different different. So you've like both were cafos, Catholic, sorry, brought up in the Catholic face, yeah. faith, sorry. And now you're- Catholic school, that's where we met. Okay. And now you're both, are you a Buddhist now? You, sorry, no, do you, do you, <laughs> is it study Buddhism? No, no, zero in on this. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, because people, you know, it's uh, funny because, you know, we struggle with this concept because coming from the Catholic upbringing, we don't want to hold on to it. We, we're not anything. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do that. But, you know, like we talk about this all the time, this, you know, we can get all dogmatic and all that sort of stuff. But sometimes you need to jump on something. Once you feel comfortable, you've really gone to town on it. And that's the beauty of, you know, as I said, yeah, Buddhism is what I talk about a bit. You got to you got to pull it apart, and that's you know the Buddha said that you've really got to go to town and smash it. Someone's going to tell you to believe and run away, but um, yeah, I mean you know got me little mala on, or you know I play with that all day whenever you know the mind's getting. So just for people know, what's a mala? So it's it's pretty much like rosary beads. Okay. So yeah, you know so that's your that's a Buddhist equivalent. Yeah, of yeah. Beads? So there's a hundred hundred and eight little things on there, and you do mantras. You know, you you, Can you, you uh, play. Give us your mantra. So this is another practice. You've got a koan. Matty has a mantra, and your mantra is. Well, there's many mantras. Um, you know, a lot of the world or the Tibetan school, you know, the culture will use Om Muni Padme Hum. As simple as that. Can you explain and to us, to the punters? Oh, say it again. You're going to get Muni Padme Hum. Padme Hum. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone has an inter- everyone has an interpretation of mantra. Do you want to? Do you know? Do you want to experience it? It's a beautiful thing. It's not just a mantra or a philosophical idea. It's such a physiological experience. That I would love to experience anything. You can do it better than I can, but you, you radiate that sound through your chest, up to your head, back down into your heart. Actually, it's a, it's a, it's a regenerative process. Yeah. It's beautiful. Have you seen all these stars um, advertising transcendental meditation? No. Okay. Well, it's a big, you know, it's really, it, I mean, this has been. When you going say stars, up, you mean like celebrities. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of Hollywood's jumped on and they seem to promote this. So it's a tr- they've trademarked this whole thing, but it's been going on for thousand years through thousands, of, you know, hundreds of traditions. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, it's a very ancient thing. And, but they're doing the same thing basically is they give, someone gives, you're given a mantra and you just go to town on it. You're given a mantra. Yeah, so they'll say, you know, whoever, well, whoever's leading that group, there's somebody who supposedly has you. So someone gave you the, the mantra. 
No, 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 not for me. That's not, okay. that's not, uh, yeah, no, not in me. Oh, this is the advertising. This is this transcendental yeah, okay. meditation. Yeah. But people, I've spoken to many people and they have blow away experiences. Just, you know, and just through, you get your little mantra. It could be, I love me. I'm really working on that one. I'm not even using Tibetan or Sanskrit terms anymore. I'm just going, I love me. Because we're so, we're so lost. We we have, that doesn't exist in us anymore. And so we lose that sense of it. We lose our spirituality. We lose everything. I think I sit in a, in a, in a medium of the bell curve of, you know, society. <laughs> so I can throw out a generalization medium or two. In the bell curve of society. <laughs> so I can throw out a generalization, you know, but. Um, throw them out, mate. We've got no problems. I do it every no, day. He hates it. He, hates <laughs> I know it. he, does. he spends his I'm life. Trying to get people to talk from their own experience. And so the word mantra actually, it's a centric term that means protection of mind. And there's probably no better mental health strategy you can employ to learn to slow the mind down than to engage a mantra. Mm. And it's just a rephrase or a positive idea or a concept you repeat over and over and over again. And if you're saying which what Gandhi had with Ram Ram Ram, you can't think about something else. Say Ram 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 in your head and try to think of something else. And every time you've got a thought, you just bring your mind back to your mantra. So start thinking about my shop and I come back. What's Ram mean? Ram is uh, a Hindu god. Okay, so. That's different to a mantra, though, isn't it? Because I'm saying a god's name. Oh, they call it um, mantra. Can be anything. Mantra. I, love, I love me. It's English. I'm, it's Australian. I'm a bogan, and I'm actually. It's, a, Am I it's, an, it's an affirmation in itself. It's mind protection. So it's, um, it's no it, different from saying the whole Mary or Our Father. It's just a shortened, more in uh, precise kind of process. When you say Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, okay. That's the only one I haven't learnt. You know it. I do. How long since you've said it? I was at a funeral recently. Last time that I said that, how did it feel? Mm, don't have a feeling about it. Looks like you do. You got a little twinkle in your eye right yeah, now. I don't. I just, it's funny. That's the same as I, I don't pray. Don't. No. I think you do. Or maybe I do. I get these little, I don't, I I get don't. these little positive Instagram page posts. I, or, and if that, is that a prayer? Well, I think so. Is it? Well, which one did you get today? Do you want me to look it up? I look it up. Inspire let's, daily. Let, let's define whether I or not this on is a daily basis. Pre- so, every day I get this. What what I did for um oh, nearly two years ago now is that um I thought I'm going to just try and do something to inspire myself daily, and so I stuck it up on Instagram and literally hashtag Inspire Daily, and I've done it every single day yeah, right. since um since then. And there's some um, my favorite one ever is Don't Be a Dick. Okay. Oh, are we ready? I've come today. I've bought BJMACA, BJ Macca, Gold Coast, Queensland. Anyone out there for an Instagram? And we will decide right now whether or not this is a mantra or this is a a prayer. Prayer or mantra, same Same thing. thing. Okay. What he has is a picture of a beach, which I love. And then the, and then the words, I choose to be happy. That's a mantra, man. That's a prayer. That's a beautiful thing. Well done. Thank you, pr- you very much. You prayed today. You've prayed every day since I've known you. Okay. Fair call. Cool. But how's that a prayer? What is a prayer? Flogging a dead horse, haven't can this chasing? Can this chase of happiness be toxic in itself, though? This is the fear that happens. People have this. There's this I don't there get is caught this, up in the semantics. It could have been, I choose to be this loved. Is, no, it's 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 in our it's our, in our whole existence now. Everyone's been told to be happy twenty four seven. Dalai Lama says the most important thing in yeah. life is happiness. So I think it's a fairly standard idea, and we're not talking about you know uh, prostitutes, beer type of happiness. We're talking about contentment, peace. Because what I'm seeing, and I think this is a perfect example, is social media. We we're seeing these snapshots of everyone's lives where they're happy. We see that half a second where you got that photo of the beautiful couple. They've been fighting 60 minutes leading up to it. And so now we have this photo, right? We we now think they're all happy. You can't go. Because you were just telling me how what a beautiful place it is to be in a car and realize that the bloke that just cut you off might have a might be having a bad day. And and that's the same thing as saying to myself, I I choose to be happy. I mean, I don't I don't judge anyone's mantra or anyone's process. If the happiness it resonates with you, then awesome. If love resonates uh, with you, you awesome. Miss, you if, miss where I come from because oh, you're in your own little place at the moment. Maybe okay. Well, um, well, I think we said I choose to be happy is a, a beautiful idea, and yeah, then you went on. Hey, well, can it be toxic and can it actually can be, be creating more pain to people's lives because we're thinking that happiness is this two second. This well, how come? I mean, I think but that's the, an opinion. It is. You just had an opinion. It certainly did. Yeah. And the studies are showing us that social media is actually fucking with people because we're seeing everyone having these two seconds of happiness in their day. I mean, look at all these models who are doing all this stuff and everyone thinks they've got to look like this person. You've got to look to be happy. Look at that. Their family's happy. 
And so you start to get this rule in a sense of why aren't I that happy? And so we all spend, I'd actually say fucking all the time. I think this is most people. I don't think I feel that way right now. We're we're in a great little place here at this particular moment. I feel that I choose to be happy is a beautiful thing and I I love you for it. Thanks, mate. What about this one? A fuck must be earned. I can't go down the street with a bucket of fucks giving them out to everyone. If I feel that you've earned it, I'll give a fuck. That one. You have, right an, you have an opinion before you can give the That's fuck to opinion. someone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, I like that one. It was slightly controversial. This is even better. Everything's made in China except babies. They're made in the China. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> No, I love you it. You two keep going. You need to do that, don't awesome. you? And that's, you've got to come back to that place always you know, of the laugh. You do. You know, it doesn't. But I agree 100% with what you're saying in the fact that social media gives us a wrong, probably the wrong word, view of a lot of people because everyone's not happy. I'll tell you right now, I, I live in a great relationship with my wife. Every day we have a blue. Every day we make up, every day, but some days is worse than others, etc. My kids, I got four awesome kids, but every day I'll give one of them away <laughs> if someone asks nicely. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you love these people and, and those sort of things, but at the same time is everything's not rosy. Well, perfect example. Look at you right now. Hey, you're looking very happy. Personally, that's what I think. I think the experience you've just gone through has made you a much happier person because you must have been turmoil for a long time. Uh, again, I think you've got to take a, a positive frame to whatever you're presented with. And, uh, you know, my wife and my, uh, in our relationship, we are both moving forward with a sense of lightness. I, I will say that we, we care about the kids and the context and we're doing the best we can. But after 30 years of being with someone since you were 14, there is a sense of relief that it occurs and uh you know i love the beauty of your relationships i love mr don juan over here and these many many ladies i I love the fact that i'm i'm free (laughs) free to have space and and be who i am and i think that although social media yes it can be let's let's you know have a public face we're always happy there also is also processes where people can truly engage and connect with other human beings that didn't happen before. So I, I think that goes either way. I think social media can be a curse and social media can be a good thing. And I think that's with most things. Fear, a lot of amazing opportunities. Social media has really expanded our conscious. It this, really has. This right here is a, you know, an attempt at a form of social media. Yeah, yeah. It really has expanded so much in so many ways, but yes, that superficial level stuff, and it, 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 it is, there, there is a real... Yearning to be perfect, and we're not perfect. Interesting, on Tuesday night next week, I'm actually speaking at an event called Fuck Up Nights. Yes, I'm looking forward to this. And, uh, and what Fuck Up Nights is all about is you get three entrepreneurs sit up the front, and they tell you about the things they've fucked up in. Whereas normally they'd come in and go, oh, I've done this and oh, I've done that, and I've just finished doing the presentation for my uh, for my thing, right? And I always tell this amazing story about how I, I bought a real estate agency because this person pissed me off and they end up selling it back to them and made a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. But then there's a real story that's behind that, and that is the fact that I got fucked over by my business partner. I took my off the ball. My golf game got really good, all this sort of stuff. So it's all these fuck-ups that you do, and it's amazing. I went to one last week to um, just see what it was like, et cetera. And, mate, they were so vulnerable. These people were standing up the front. They go, and look, please, nothing leaves this room. These people have, like, that face you were talking about, that sort of that mask, that mask is there, and they've taken the mask off. And it was one of the best events I've ever been to. exquisite, isn't it? Mate, just, just in the fact, the vulnerability of these people uh, yeah. sitting up the front going, actually, I'm not perfect. I fucked up. That's real life. Yeah. Everyone's going, woohoo. That's awesome. Get some Carl Jung into you if you want to understand that idea of the mask. I mean, I think, you know, modern psychiatry does it the best. Um, yeah, it's all, it, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, no one, most people aren't seeing this. And no, exactly. once, but, but once we start to go, hey, take your mask down a little bit, fuck, it's so much more joyous. I know. I don't, again, guys, I, I don't like I my story. I know you don't like this. But I have a privileged life in as much as I get, you know, eight hours a day with people who put their bases down. Yeah. It's intimate, it's connect, and I find that most people have the capacity, want, and desire to remove the mask. But they won't do it. 
And that's my experience. And I and I actually engage with both my friends and everyone I interact with, with, hey, can we put our mask down? Uh, that's seen, how I roll. So I don't know when we talk about most people living like this. Yeah. It's it's not my experience. Uh, you've seen where we're still at, though. People have to feel like they've got to go to the professional and pay something, which is always still, that's got to, that's going to always be there. But they feel they've got, they've got to set uh, the tone to be able to speak and let their mask go. We're actually trying to drop the mask sitting around the table. Whole point of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Mate. We I don't did, need to go to a, I, someone who has I this did it knowledge. last night, and I think yeah. you did it last night at the Helen's Vale pub. There we go. We cracked on with a few <laughs> beers, had a pizza with some co-workers. It was a beautiful experience. But it, it, and Pizza, I don't, Hut, pizza I, Hut, you are doing a good I, vegetarian I, pizza I, I, these days. There's a sponsorship deal right there. Thin and crusty no, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's so true though, but – and. The whole purpose of us doing this podcast was I was sat in, in Chris's office and we were just chatting about the third beer and he'd explained to me at the start of this whole process, he goes, you need to get into a position, you know, like the third beer. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, the first one you smash that back and the second one is like, yeah, you drink it a bit faster but it's starting to feel good and the third one you can just literally mm. sit there. And I used to have issues. I, I, I drink 100 beers, no problem. I can do it now anyway. I only drink three beers. Yeah. Like I went out last night with my whole team. Everyone's on the sauce. I sat there. I had my third beer. See you guys. I'm out of here now. It's all, and I got no problem with that because I know that that third beer is that's to me. It's oh, sweet. It's your beer. peak. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's that point. And that was the whole point of doing this. And when I was sitting in Chris's office, and he goes, "I got an idea about the third beer podcast." I said, "What's that?" He goes, "Let's interview the third beer. Let's have, sit there, have a beer." And talk to someone about men's shit that men don't talk about. Yeah. And it's so true. Like me a year ago, sitting here speaking to two dudes that both look a little bit like Jesus, but about shit like this that I would never, ever talk about. Mate, I've been through depression, anxiety, all this sort of stuff, and no one would ever talk about that yeah. stuff. And then we thought, actually, sit there, have a beer, and let's talk about this shit. Hopefully, if this helps one person... Yeah get to a point where they can go and try and find it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mate, yeah. fuck. That's, 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 that a, that's a two-letter word, not a three-letter word, it's C. You go down to it. Yeah. yeah. Or is. Is. Now we're dropping down. Or, yeah. or M. M. And we're coming into a space and it's beautiful. But, and what I'd like to say to the punters out there is I don't think there's any more true strength or true courage than true vulnerability. When someone puts it all down and looks in the eye and be a real human being, they've got the biggest set of balls in the room. It's interesting because normally you only see that at places like funerals, uh, maybe weddings, maybe events. Let's call it events where where people actually then can show emotion. Whereas in the workplace and all these sort of places where people don't show this type of emotion, they've got the mask as we spoke about before and social media is the exact same thing. Imagine if everyone was honest. What What a world we'd live in. I spent most of my grown years, you know, adult years in the building game. And you see it nowhere better than that. And it sends you nuts knowing that all these guys are just, not letting, you know, are playing this game to try to prove themselves constantly to everyone else. A lot of mental fake, health issues out in mining this fake, sites. This there's fake lots sense, suicide. There's yeah. lots of real strong mental health issues out in those spaces. They're away from their families. They're working 12 hours a day. There's lots of stuff going on. And that, yeah, they do need to Because we've gone that. to this sense of fake masculinity. You know, this I, everyone's trying to be this man, but it's so off target. And society's put us into this place. And it's like, we, we, this, we need to pull it back and go, this is not masculinity, you know. This isn't anywhere near Men's where we're meant to be. Men's business is getting around the fire and, and, and talking, talking stuff and, and opening up and being real and, and, and loving each other as men. And I think uh, the more of it, the better. Mate, there's a thing and no free ads on Facebook where it's called Blokes Advice, BA, they call it, right? And this is a closed group. You have to get into this. There's 600,000 people in this group yeah. now, right? And it's dudes doing exactly what we're talking about, yeah? Actually go on there. There was a picture of the other week and, and this guy, uh, his daughter had just been um, diagnosed with leukemia and he said, oh, I'm tingly again. And oh, yeah, he, I just had the yeah. was already there. Just and, uh, and, and he's sitting there going, guys, can you please just all raise a beer for, for my daughter? I've just found this out. And anyone out there. And 300, 400 quotes like, keep your chin up, champ. Do this, buddy. All this sort of stuff. Here if you need me. Another one, another guy. Mate, I'm having a tough time. I'm in Mackay. 
Anyone in Mackay want to go for a beer? Yeah, well. 300 blokes. Mate, I'm coming to Mackay or I'm here. Speak to this dude. They're tagging people. They're doing all this stuff. It's blokes helping blokes. Because this is what women have always been able to do. But 100%. men have never. And now we're actually cottoning on to this. Because I've been talking to Dick. I've always been this. A lot of this search has been this, my false idea of chasing the feminine. Yeah. I'm like, I had to get my find my feminine to come, you know, this crazy ass testosterone filled man sort of thing. But, and we've now learned that that's what they do. And now we're able to do it. And I think men, these things like, are you okay day in that? But just like, they're revolutionary just to be able to say, Unbelievable. hey, how are you, man? And I was at the Com Games, I'm at the Star Casino, got in there with my wife. We had a couple of drinks, chat before, whatever. And I went up to the bar and this bloke had a bloke's advice shirt on. G'day, mate. How you going? Good. We both knew. Yeah. yeah. Private men's business. It's sort of fight club style stuff. Exactly. <laughs> but, but it was really, <laughs> really. Rule. Mate, but it was really interesting <laughs> just the way he looked Second at me. Rule. And I went, yeah. nice shirt, bud. And he goes, thanks, champ. Have you got one? Said, I'm getting one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. just those sort of things. And I just think it, it's it's now opening up. Yeah. I, I've got another really interesting story. My, my best mate is um he's gay, right? He was married for 20 years and then he came out after that. And I wrote a thing on Facebook, must have been about a year and a half, two years ago now, saying I was homophobic as a kid, yeah, gays, poofs, all that sort of stuff, whatever. I just, I was homophobic. He come out to me, I was an idiot. Like the way that we now look at society and is going back to what we were just talking about then is the fact that we're a lot more accepting now. So why can't we be more accepting that blokes have issues? So why can't we just talk about shit? Well, we, well, we are. Well, we are. And, and I think that people are learning how to. Yeah. And I think that it isn't just people we never did. I think men have always had a space in which this did happen. And it didn't yeah. happen enough. Did and yeah, and yeah, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of men probably yeah. didn't have that. But I think you had that. Is it generational? I think we had that. I think that football teams or clubs that I've been yeah. a part of, yep. you find your mentors, you find your space, you find the people you connect with. And if you want a real conversation, you can have it. You've just got to have the balls to say, hey, I've got to put my own ass down and I'm going to say it as it is. And most people will respond in that space with, yeah, fuck me. I know what you're going through and it sucks. I'm going to the footy on Saturday this week. I'm watching the Mighty Swans play. Swans. And uh, I'm going with two mates. We now take our kids. Yeah. I've known them since under five soccer. Yeah. And we've been mates for, what, 40 years now. And they're like brothers from other mothers because we can do that exact same thing. Is that, mate, I need help. Okay, what do you need? I'll be there, whatever it needs to happen. And uh, I think the footy club thing's a really good call because people go into these environments and they become, you're going to get smashed for each other type stuff. And I, I think that that's a really good um, way for people to, to break down those barriers. Mm. I just think these days it's a lot easier. I think we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, we are, which yeah. is awesome. I do you know what? I'm really excited about today. I really enjoyed this. Oh, yeah. and, and I love the fact that you're born in like an old mate. And I love the fact that you're born in Cobber, whose real name's Matt. Um, sorry, Matthew. Two T's or one? Uh, two, and it's only usually mum that would call me Matthew when I'm, you know, in those troubled, you know. Matthew, Matthew can you ask me that? I was just down there recently, actually. <laughs> Matthew. Never, never turn changes. off. You can never turn off enough lights. Yeah. That's a very, very true yeah. statement. Yeah. I reckon that's a great way to finish this podcast. You can never turn off enough lights. What are we going to score the beer, boys? Mate, I'm just going to reword this. The bit that I liked about this, the balanced malt base pulls you in a hug before the hops get frisky. I thought that was appropriate with the uh, conversations about the Don sitting opposite us. I'm uh, I'm on Alley Beach. I've decided to take the left, uh, the, uh, the nail down. I've got a little uh, foot wave. A little one footer. It's curving right across the laces. I've just caught a couple. I've come in. I've had one. I've seen Big Brett get up on the board, skim past. I was paddling out. The elbow is working, and I'm about to get out there for another ride. Nice. What's your score? You know, I love a bolter. I'll go. Uh, I'll give it an eight. Mate, I'll tell you what. I was a Reshus Pilsner fan. Hey. The Silver Bullet hey. back in the day. Hey. Holy crap! And I honestly believe the Bolter have come through with the goods. And they've 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 resurrected the taste of the silver bullet. Mate, I'm going eight and a half. Holy crap. That's the best beer I've had since we've been doing this podcast. So that's sensational. So what we like to do, we like to put a picture around what that beer tasted like and then give it a score out of ten. So what do you reckon, Gobba? This is I don't have a sense of smell. 
And so they're my, okay. <laughs> therefore my ability to. This have, is an interesting have, image. You're working now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this beer no <laughs> was so good. I can no longer smell. I oh, think that's I can perfect. Now smell. <laughs> oh, hey. that's in search of the smell. That's what. That's what the it is. Finding the smell. Yeah, yeah. And so. I love a beer. I love beer, and this is this is good. Okay, this is brilliant. What score? Score out of ten. Always got to have room for improvement, don't we? So we have to say nine, eight or nine. We're high. Well, thanks very much, Bolter. Looking forward to that sponsorship, Chris. As always, brother, it's been a pleasure. Awesome, Matt Cobber. Thanks so much for sharing your story, mate. I really hope that you find it. Actually, no, I hope you never find I'm it. Finding it now. I hope you never find it. I hope you continue on your journey and your search. I, I hope that you recognise that you are it. Oh, boom. Boom. Like, Thank damn. you very much. Drop the, drop the microphone, walk out the door. Thanks, guys. Thank you.